Good morning. Today is Thursday, August 4th, and welcome to Zoom with Zarni. I'm Dustin Zarni. I'm the Democratic Elections Commissioner for Onondaga County. And uh, today in my interview, I have Assemblyman Al Derby. He represents Cicero, Clay, Manlius, and Indy Casanova uh, in the 127th Assembly District. Uh, he's an, been an incredible representative for his area, uh, known for his humor and also his uh, constituent service. Uh, please uh, listen and uh, uh, stay for the interview uh, so you can uh, follow along uh, and, and hear his uh, plans for re-election. Uh, coming up later this month is the August primary, which we're electing a congressional and uh, uh, representative uh, for both parties, Democrat and Republican. That's August 23rd. Uh, some important dates to remember, August 8th, Monday, is uh, the application deadline for absentee ballots. And then uh, August uh, uh, 13th through the 21st is early voting. Uh, and then, of course, the primary day is August 23rd from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, you can go to onvote.net to apply for an absentee. Uh, and you can also go to uh there to find out your polling location for election day and all the early voting sites uh we have uh reached the end of our registration period on the 29th was the uh, the registration deadline uh and then on august 3rd was the yesterday was the uh change of address deadline however we are still processing party changes because party changes are live as of right now Yesterday, the State Board of Elections voted to ask Judge McAllister, who implemented the August primary, who failed to implement a party change deadline um, back uh, when he implemented the August deadline to re-examine that decision. So that could change any moment. So if you want to change your party to be able to vote in this election, you might want to act quicker rather than later. Uh, but I'll keep you updated on that on Tuesday when I come back for commissioner in the car uh, in case uh, anything changes between now and then. So thank you very much and enjoy this interview with Assemblyman Al Derby. And we're back. And I'm very happy to have my good friend Assemblyman Al Sturby. Uh Assemblyman Sturby has been representing the north side uh, of the county there, the Cicero, Clay, and then, of course, Manlius area uh, for well over the last decade. Uh, and he's been on our program a couple of times. Assemblyman Sturby, thanks for making time to coming on Zoom with Zarni. Thanks, Dustin. Great to be here. So, Assemblyman, I know, uh, you know you've been on here a couple of times and you're no stranger to the area. Uh, you're one of our longest serving state representatives, but uh, there's always new people that are coming into politics. So why don't you tell uh, a little people about your background and why you got involved uh, in running for the assembly? My background. Well, uh, I got to Syracuse from the little village of Clyde, which is about 45 miles away from here, uh, west, halfway between Rochester and Syracuse. Uh, I went to work for General Electric back in 1981, worked there for six or seven years and myself and a few of the functional managers in my business bought out the business from GE and created CID Technologies, which we ran 
uh, out of uh, a building in Liverpool, uh, 20,000 square feet there. We did that for about eight years and sold that. Uh, I was part of a software company called Cube Software. It was a um, enterprise resource planning package for small to mid-sized manufacturers. And after that, I went to work for a bigger software company and then just decided, you know, I need to do something that's more local or at least regional with uh, the other software company. I was managing Montreal to Miami, all the way to North Dakota. Uh, so it was a pretty big territory and I was on the road a lot. So uh, one day I just read that uh, my assembly person, Jeff Brown, was going to run for the Senate against Dave Valesky. And I said, you know, I've always been interested in government. So maybe this is what I should be doing. So that was how I got started. Um, luckily, I, I had a couple of people I knew. I didn't know they were involved in politics before, but Mike Weiland and his wife um, had worked at DAC in Albany for 10 years, I think. And uh, when he found out I wanted to run for office, he said, hey, you want to go have dinner? I'll tell you all about this stuff. And they they really helped a lot. And uh, I worked very hard and got elected. And that's sort of how I got into it. And other than the two-year vacation I took between 2011 and 12, uh, this is my 14th year right now in the Assembly. Well, and I think that's... Uh, I. I I'm sure that you know you highlighted it, so I'm just bring it up because I think it's a, a an incredible story. You don't see that very often, where somebody, uh, you know, that was the big Republican wave year uh, in 2010, and uh, you were on the losing end of uh, uh, of the race, but you didn't give up. Continue to stay active in the community and came back and won, and have won ever since. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's a lesson in politics that I think some people don't even think about is that. You, you know, you don't. Some, you're not going to win every race that you're in, and sometimes you're going to have to lose and come back. And that, and and you did. You had to come back in. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I had done a bunch of things in my life. Um, you know, I, I worked at G, had my own companies. I'd worked in my father's little restaurant. I mean, I'd done a lot of different things. But when I got to the assembly, I found something that I really enjoyed because every day was different. You learn something new all the time. You know, people say that as you get older, life just passes by so fast and everything. Well, that's if you're doing the same thing all the time uh, on a kind of repetitive job. What I found is when I started in the assembly, time really slowed down because everything was new. I had to learn everything from scratch. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed. So, uh, you know, you we just got done with the session. The session ended uh, in June, although we had a little bit more uh, <laughs> session this year. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, a session ended in June. So uh, what are some of the things that you are very proud of uh, that you accomplished this last session that you were able to bring back uh, to the citizens of your district? Well, um, you know, we did a lot in, in grants this year, um, you know, the school districts, the villages, uh, everybody, I think, made out pretty well. You know, we have a lot uh, to thank our federal government for, 
they really came through with additional funds to help us fill all the gaps caused by the pandemic. And in addition to that, our we had five a five billion dollars surplus uh, because, I mean, sales tax was way up. You know, in the last year or so of the pandemic, I mean, it just was uh, a perfect time to be able to address a lot of things. So we addressed the environment. We're going to be voting on a $4 billion environmental bond act that I think will uh, help tremendously, especially in areas of, of water, um, you know, sewers, bridges, roads, everything. I mean, it, it's really going to be good. There'll be a lot of electric vehicle charging stations and grants for all sorts of high efficiency things. So I, I think that was something really good we did this year. Um, personally, I got to carry the CHIPS bill. Um, so that was the state package of incentives to get uh, large chip fab facilities located here in New York State. And in particular, in my district in the town of Clay and White Pines, um, just today, the, uh, the Senate passed the federal end of that CHIPS bill. And now we a couple more days, I think it'll go to the House of Representatives. And if they, they pass it, Biden will sign it right away. And then we'll, within weeks, I think we'll hear from uh, some of the big chip companies who have been looking at moving here, whether or not anybody's coming. So that's really a big deal. You know, so transformative, it will bring directly at the fabs, 5,000 new jobs, all high paying jobs, but it'll also bring about 200 smaller companies that will move their businesses here to support the fab facilities. And they will bring another 10,000, maybe 15,000 jobs too. So we're talking 20,000 jobs total that will be located here. Then our biggest problem is going to be housing. We're going to have to figure out how to build that many new units of housing for all these people. But those are good problems to have. Uh, we'll be very happy if, if, if that's our biggest issue that we're dealing with. But it really will change uh, central New York. It'll help Onondaga County. It'll help uh, uh, Oswego County, probably Madison County too. Um, and the bill also will help the Albany area, they'll get, um, you know, where their big fab facility will do a huge expansion. Canandaigua has a facility that wants uh, wants to uh, locate there. And there's one other one, I can't remember exactly where it is, but altogether there's four of us. Ours is the biggest by far though. Um, you know, as far as some other things, um, I've been, dealing with and we've all been dealing with lots of flooding in central new york and it, the fact is we have extreme weather events now that are different than we've had in the past you know from 1870 i think to 2000 we had two 100 year rainstorms in central new york and that's where you get two inches or more of rain in 24-hour period. From 2001 to 2019, we had seven of those events, and two of them were more than four inches. So the infrastructure we have in place right now to handle that type of water uh, just isn't big enough. 
and our office gets calls every time it rains really hard, which is most of the time it rains. Uh, last July, we had two 100-year storms in the month of July, and I've got the pictures to prove how deep the water got, you know, in areas like near Driver's Village off of South Bay Road. It was in some places it was seven or eight feet deep. So we passed uh, uh, a flood mitigation um, uh, legislation that forms a, a task force that will put together between now and the end of next June, we'll put together a plan for the upstate New York area along the Erie Canal. And I think in, in addition to the plan itself, it will provide funding for municipalities to go and really make upgrades to their infrastructure. So that's, you know, I think that's another thing that's going to have a big impact. Yeah, I mean, that chip plant is going to be something that is transformative. And it's it's talked about at every level. Uh, it's a state, a county, a federal project. Uh, you know, I guess they're looking at the White Pines area as one of the biggest uh, uh, areas in the state. Schumer talks about it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, the uh, how quick are we going to see like, you know, if they're not going to decide tomorrow they're coming here. This bill that's being passed by the federal government is, you know, the first step. And then we have to, you know, convince somebody to come here. I know there's been negotiations, but what do you think? How how far down the line are we going to uh, see this? I think we're right near the goal line right now. I think within four to six weeks after the federal government passes the bill and Biden signs it, we'll... Um, you know, know from the company that they've been working with for almost two years now, whether or not they're going to come. It's, it's something that's going to happen relatively quickly. Now you got to understand this company, if they decide to move here is going to invest $20 billion in the facility. So um, it, it's a big thing. It's going to take, you know, two or three years to build a facility so um, you're not going to see chips rolling off the plant next year, but uh, it's going to be a lot of construction jobs. I mean, a whole lot of construction jobs. We'll also have to do uh, a lot of road work. I've got a feeling that we're going to have to build a new 81 ramp off of Mudmill Road because instead of loading up... Uh, 31 with more traffic, not to mention trucks that would be going in and out of there all the time. It'd be better to uh, completely redo Mid Mud Mill Road from that park area over to 81. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> and of course, we're going through the, you know, the final stages of starting the construction of the 81 uh, project, which will, you know, build up 481, which will lead towards the northern suburbs as well. So that's probably going to be part of that as well. <laughs> so yep. it's a lot of yep. a lot of change for the area. So, um, we, you know, we had an extraordinary session. Uh, that's the official term for it for for uh, for the legislature when they go back uh, after the June session. And um, I I've been doing this for a while. I don't remember. I think it's happened twice in my you know time of watching politics in the last 25 years so obviously it is something that is uh fairly uh uh 
you know, fairly extraordinary. So why why was it important to go back? And, and what did the Assembly uh, and Senate and, of course, the governor uh, work on when, when you went back? Well, unfortunately, there are many things that are out of our control. One of them is the federal government. Um, generally, I'd say we have work to do a lot of times when the federal government doesn't do its job and is inactive. Unfortunately, this was the opposite. The Supreme Court was extra active and, you know, they uh, made a couple of rulings. One was um, they did away with Roe v. Wade, uh, you know, saying that each state had to go ahead and do its own uh, abortion legislation. And then they uh, went ahead and said that the uh, rules that New York State used for concealed carry permits was unconstitutional. And we couldn't do that anymore. But they did leave an opening and said you had to identify the areas where people uh, would not be allowed to have their concealed carry with them. So that was the reason. Those were the two things we went back for. Um, you know, I think things were uh, pushed a little too quickly. I know out of the two bills, I voted against the one bill that had to do with um, the concealed carry permits. And, you know, generally speaking, if you're going to have an extraordinary session, and I've been involved in a couple of them now, they talk about it first, they send you an outline of a bill, and then you'll go into conference, you'll talk about it, uh, make comments, ask questions, they'll make some uh, notes, they go and sit with the Senate and say, this is the response we've gotten back, what are your people saying? So they'll put together another uh, edition of, of a bill, and then they'll come back and tell us what it is. We'll make some more comments. You know, the, 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 the Senate will get it again. The governor will look it over. And then we'll come to some kind of conclusion. Sometimes, you know, we'll even have public hearings to get some input. But this time, uh, on a Friday, they announced that the next uh, Friday, I guess, Thursday or Friday, we're going back on Extraordinary Session. Well, we got there at at noon uh, to convene. We didn't see a bill. In fact, we didn't conference until 3.45 a.m. the next morning. So we just sat around and talked to ourselves basically for a long time. And they just didn't have a bill. And when they finally put something together, they couldn't answer all the questions. It didn't make sense to me, some of the things. And uh, I just said, you know, I, I really can't support this. I know that my district will definitely not support this. Um, I thought some of the, the articles in the bill were good. They, instead of having each county, uh, you know, decide and have judges decide whether or not you could get a concealed carry permit. Now it's consolidated. It's going to be the uh, criminal justice department and the state troopers uh, together will manage all of that. So it's now centralized. Um, they've given a standard definition of why you might need it instead of you having to tell, um, you know, the judge why you need it. That's what was ruled unconstitutional. 
and there's a lot of training required that's associated with it. All those things were good. Uh, it's just the fact that, you know, by the time they got done listing 20 areas you couldn't carry in, there was no place but your house, your car if it was moving, and a spaceship if you happen to be Jeff Bezos. I mean, that was about the only places you could do it. So it just didn't make any sense to me. Well, uh, you know, you are running for re-election and, uh, you know, you've been, uh, you, your district has not changed all that much. There was a, a little bit of a, a, a movement from the southern part of uh, Onondaga County over into uh, Casanova area. But for the most part, your district that has been the main part of your district, uh, Cicero Clay Manlius, uh, the most populous part of your district, is still there. Uh, and you are running for re-election. So what are the, one of the things that you're hoping to uh, do in your next term when the voters send you back? Well, um, next term, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of the things that we passed this year uh, with the help of money from the federal government uh, is executed well. I think we're all going to keep our eye on things like child care. I mean, we put a tremendous amount of resources into child care because of the lack of workforce in almost every business. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest complaints we get all the time. So one of the reasons uh, we have problems is there's no child care. And during the pandemic, when kids, you know, either were home for school or had a, a hybrid system, you know, one of the parents had to stay home, basically. So we're hoping that this helps a lot in that area. Uh, we're also running a lot of workforce development classes in uh, nursing, uh, direct service personnel that works with people with disabilities and in nursing homes and things which are in a crisis situation uh, because they're short of staff. There's a lot of things like that uh, that we're, you know, hoping works out well. As far as new things, one one thing that didn't get accomplished that we were hoping, at least a bunch of us, um, lawyers, um, and now I'm trying to remember what they referred to, but, um, you know, the, the lawyers that uh, get hired to represent um, um, people who are arrested and sign counsel is that sign counsel they're still being paid the same rate as i think 25 years ago and you can't get anybody to do that either so we fought real hard we wanted to to bump the pay rate up to maybe 150 dollars an hour or something like that and uh, it just didn't happen in the end we found out uh, there's a court case where uh, people are suing <laughs> to raise that um, the amount that they get paid. So the governor didn't want to go ahead and pick a number. They, she wanted to wait to see what the verdict was in the case. And then we would uh, go ahead and move forward with that number. So anyway, I mean, that's that's one of the things. I mean, there's always, always more stuff uh, to do. Mental health is a huge issue still. We did provide lots of funding for that. Uh, we've got to hope that the schools uh, are able to execute that and and help out. Um, I've got something coming up August 2nd. The speaker's coming up. We're going to make an announcement uh, that we're going to provide a million-dollar grant 
to build a new facility that will have multi-purpose. It will be respite for families whose kids have, you know, kids with disabilities. So if they wanted to go away for a weekend or a week for a vacation, they'd be able to leave their child there. Um, we also have uh, for dual diagnosis, they have disabilities and they have mental health problems. Um, we found, especially during the pandemic, that there was, you know, a vast increase in, in dual diagnosis. So we're hoping to help them. And then uh, social uh, worker services uh, for a lot of folks. So, um, you know, we're going to do that. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be lots of things associated with the transition uh, from fossil fuels to renewables that we'll get into again. And uh, that's definitely one of the things uh, I'm hoping we uh, will get successful on this year. Well, uh, I always, you know, we're getting towards the end of what, the time period that I like to have uh, for these podcasts, but I always like to end with one question, which is what haven't we talked about? Uh, what is something that we haven't been able to mention here on, on this that you either want the voters to know about you or the work that you're doing uh, or anything along those lines? You know, the only thing I want to talk about is the voters, basically. This year, um, there's a lot of things that are at stake, uh, especially at the federal level. But, you know... We know in, in the past that the people who vote against progressive issues, who want to keep everything the way it was in 1950, are very committed to their cause. You saw it with the abortion issue. I mean, they've been fighting that for 50 years. They never let up. Um, we, for some reason, don't seem to have people are that are that committed and we're going to need people to be very committed so not only are they going to have to go out and vote but they're going to have to do things that maybe make them feel uncomfortable they're going to have to talk to their relatives and their friends and everybody else their neighbors they're going to have to get people to come out and vote if enough people vote we know that more people feel the way we feel than the other side but we seem to always have problems getting people out to vote and we really really have to do some hard work. We have to be dedicated both with our time and our finances to make this happen. Otherwise, we're going to be kicking ourselves, you know, for the next, I don't know how many years. Uh, amen. <laughs> it's a, we've been saying this every year that this election is the most important election in our lifetime. And that's because we live in perilous times. And uh, anybody watching the January 6th uh, committee hearings, anybody uh, you know, who has paid attention to the to the national and even local politics can see that there is a reason and uh, to come out and express your uh, wishes by voting. And uh, if you don't, your lifestyle, your your way of life may be dictated to you by other people. Right. So I agree. I, it, we are we are in very perilous times. So. Uh, Assemblyman, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the on the web, uh, Facebook, all of that? Yeah, on the web, it's www.alsterpy.org. Um, on Facebook, uh, Citizens for Al Sturpey. Um, I've got Twitter, at Al Sturpey. 
Uh, I probably have some other things that I don't even know about. I'm too old to know that <laughs> about some of that stuff. But, you know, we try to get out in all forms to keep people informed about what we're doing. And this election, I think, you know, they're going to try to make it out of bail, re about bail reform and crime and everything. And what we're going to stick to is all the good things we've done over the last two years. And that's a ton of it. As chair of small business, I know we've put out, you know, a billion, $1.4 billion worth of help for small business. Uh, we've done a lot for workforce. I'm, I'm telling you, we got a lot of good things to talk about. We don't have to talk about all that stuff they want to talk about. We have to talk about the stuff we want to talk about. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Assemblyman, for coming on Zoom with Zarni. And thank you for uh, fighting the good fight for as long as you have. And I'll always uh, using your humor and your uh, your your way of uh, charming people instead of uh, speaking down to them, I think it's very uh, very yeah. much appreciated and uh, it's it's valuable in our community. So thank you. All right, thank you. I I always appreciate coming on. That was my interview with Assemblyman Al Sturpey. Uh Next week, I'll be interviewing uh, Family Court Judge Julie Cecil. Uh, and uh, this weekend, I'll be releasing my weekly wonk. Now, I uh, used to do that on Wednesdays. Now releasing it on the weekend. Uh, that will be my article on the overall turnout for the June primary uh, this last uh, uh, June. And that'll be my final look back at the June primary, just in, uh, uh, just in time for the, uh, uh, <laughs> the August primary that is ahead of us. So check that out on my website. Go to DustinZarni.com and subscribe. Remember that that website will always be free. I pay for it myself. I don't take any outside money for it. It's part of my uh, educational uh, outreach as these podcasts are uh, for the voters of Onondaga County and uh, New York State. So enjoy uh, your weekend and uh, I hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.